welcome to Scale with Virtual Assistants, where we explore how to get support from virtual assistants so that you can grow your business and have a life. Welcome, everyone. So we're talking today about the five common mistakes people make when hiring their virtual assistant and how to avoid them. So if you're listening to this, you're probably considering getting a virtual assistant, which is really exciting, but you need to be aware of these pitfalls so that you don't make a mistake that will cost you time and money. Or you've hired before and you've stuffed it up. I'm one of those people. So I know all about that. So um, I think it'd be relevant for you as well. So the first a mistake people often make is seeking this superhuman unicorn creature. So it's not un- uncommon for people to come to me and go, oh, I want someone that can be so detail orientated and do all my admin and can do my marketing, be visually creative and do my video editing and be really good with sending out invoices and write copy and do my SEO. You give me a headache just thinking about that. Um, I mean, would you... Yeah, go on. Would you hire anyone in any country that can do all those things? And and if they're available, let me know because I want them. Yeah. And so even think for yourself, like what part of those things would you be able to do? Like, And and another tip that I once uh, heard of or came up with, I probably came up with it, Carmen, because I'm pretty talented (laughs) like that, is to name a role for yourself as if it wasn't a virtual assistant. So if you mm. name the role, so if you are you going to call them marketing assistant? Are you going to call them admin support? So if you were going to write an ad for it, what what would you name it? And that helps you pinpoint the na- the main focus of the role. Yeah, uh, really good point. And so, um, you know, the virtual assistants we have access to are amazing. They're they're they've got tertiary degrees. We've got. Um, chemical engineers and lawyers and all sorts of amazing people, um, but we we don't have superhumans. No, no, they don't yeah. exist. And so, um, if you're looking at getting your first virtual assistant, you're probably looking for someone who is that detail orientated doer to do those things every single day. Um, organize your email. Um, post the content that you've created on social media, um, schedule those appointments in your calendar, update your CRM. You know, those things that just need to be done every single day that you don't want to be doing. Yeah. And I just want to address something, Carmen, a little bit off to the side, but, we, you know, you just talked about having someone who, you know, a lawyer or a chemical engineer or electrical mm. engineer or whatever, um, why these people would want to do these roles. Just it came to me. So I'm, I'm, I've just thought maybe the listeners want to hear as well. So um, a lot of people are moving into being virtual assistants because it's uh, a good um, income for them. It gives them flexibility in their lives where they don't have to leave home because all our VAs work from home. And they don't have that driving, you know, extensive driving either way. So that's why we have such a talented pool of people who can do a lot in your business um, but are not superhuman because they're going to have like a, um, a, a certain amount of talent in, in certain areas. And as we know, a creative isn't necessarily good at admin. 
And, you know, if you get a creative to do too much admin, they're going to be bored batshit and they're probably going to leave. So that's the other thing I really look for is how does this person's brain need to work? How do, how, what's going to work for them? How are they going to feel rewarded? Are they the sort of person who goes, ooh, I get to tick that off my list now onto the next thing? Or are they like, ooh, I've created a masterpiece and I get to show my talents? Um, and so they're two different mindsets and you might get um, a a creative person doing a little bit of admin but if it's 80 percent admin like they're going to be out of there yeah and also I love that point around the, the certain the brain rather than um than anything else because our engineers that we take on board are often like solving doing seo or solving stuff software problems like, yes. I mean, that's for us. And when, when I say someone isn't going to jump into your SEO as a VA, you know, we've had someone who's been with us for, you know, for three years who's jumped, mm. who's jumping in now after all this time. But they've got, you know, they've got a um, an engineering background, so it's more likely to make sense. They're going to like that stuff. I would couldn't think of anything worse than trying to get in and work out the puzzle that is SEO. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's often to do with the type of brain. Yes. And, you know, another thing to think about is often when people are scoping, like uh, using Canva is a popular skill people want. Um, But Canva, using Canva can mean so many things. You can be a super creative and use Canva, Canva, or you can be like me who doesn't have a visually creative bone in her body. But if you've got templates for me and say, update that, I could do it. If I tried, I'm guessing I've never used it, but I'm guessing I could. So it, it depends. Even when you're talking about the same tool, and you know, even for the same purpose for LinkedIn content, for example, the type of brain that you need to produce the output can vary depending on the structure of your business. Yeah. So that is one key mistake people make when hiring a VA is thinking the person's superhuman and has abilities in all areas when they in fact don't. So what's the second thing there, Carmen, around um, a mistake people make when hiring a VA? Is not supporting their virtual assistant. So obviously getting a virtual assistant is a financial investment, but it's also a time and energy investment as well, either from you or from one of your existing team members to onboard them. So if you hire somewhere, someone anywhere in the world, whether it's in your home country or not, you're going to need to onboard them and spend time building the relationship, um, delegating tasks, clarifying things. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't hire someone. Exactly, exactly. So it's a it's a responsibility and you've got to invest in the person because then that will um, reap benefits for you and your business. So I really yeah. think, you know, what sort of support, sometimes support people go, oh, support's training, it's training, it's training. Sometimes it's not. It's, it's support for the person to feel comfortable, build rapport, to have that person that they can ask questions with. Support might be working out what the best way is for them to contact you and, you know, so that they feel supported. So it doesn't, it might be impromptu conversations. Uh, It might be touching base. So support doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, the person didn't get enough training. Um, It can look very different to that. Um, 
but if they um, if you if you don't if you're not providing it then people are more likely to leave you and you or you'll get the wrong person yeah and so we work out with we work with our clients to work out what support would look like to them and their virtual assistant um, within their company. But we also have like that backup support as well. So we have Sheila speaking to the virtual assistant. We do have training opportunities, but we've also got mentoring opportunities as well. So for example, if they're managing an email, we can link them in with Jonathan who manages my email and they can have nerdy email management best practice talks together. And then there's the community support where we get people together and play games and have chats and um, share jokes and you know that sort of thing and it might sound trivial but it's not like it could make and make or break someone's experience exactly so you've really got to find the best way to support your VA and that's what we're experts in so if you even you know if you've got any questions around that feel free to reach out yeah so uh, then it's a the other hiring mistake people make is getting support for a small amount of hours so sometimes people reach out to me and go oh um yeah i'd love a virtual assistant for 10 hours a month and i'm like how do you think that's going to work how are you going to build that relation not like it just i just it just doesn't work maureen yeah because you're not building the relationship they're not they don't feel connected to you or your business Um, it sounds like it might be a bit sporadic. It sounds like you're not even clear what you want them to do. Um, It sounds like you haven't even really gone through things yourself. If you think you only need 10 hours support, there's something wrong if you're doing the rest. So I really, you know, um, and then what they'll do is they'll have good intentions, but like anyone, if they're not given enough opportunities, love and support, they're going to walk. So they'll find another role that's 10 hours a month and then the business owner grows it and then they're like, well, they're giving me more opportunities than you are, so see you later. So it's a really big hiring mistake that people make. And the other problem with it is that the virtual assistant doesn't get the opportunity to get the context of the business or the context of the person even. So if someone was to do email management for Maureen, it's different than doing email management for me. You can't learn that context in such a small amount of time. And so we all the virtual assistants really want is full-time work with nice business owners. So I'm assuming everyone listening is nice. And if you sneak through and you're not nice, then we just stop talking to you. But so we find the nice business owners and then um, we give the business owners options. You can work with the virtual assistant full time or you can work with them half time. So every day, either in the morning or the afternoon, and then we provide the virtual assistant an opportunity for another half-time role. And so that gives the business owner that flexibility if they aren't ready for a full-time virtual assistant. Um, And it also gives the virtual assistant the opportunity to get that security and support full-time work with nice business owner or business owners. Yeah. And I want to address the word nice. So nice doesn't mean warm and warm and you know and and fuzzy to me what you know the attributes of people we like working with and we think really work well is you can be direct that's fine um but we really want you to have you know to to be direct fair and kind you know th- that's what nice is to me um you know everyone's willing to you know to have someone be direct but i i, I think when you're mean or um, unfair, then it's it's no go. 
Yeah, you don't need to be perfect, but you do need to be kind and open to looking at doing things differently if, if it's not working out as well. Yeah, um, and open to your yeah. own faults as well. You know, the blamey, blame, blame, blame. Um, I'm a blamey, blame, blame, blame in my head occasionally. Well, sometimes <laughs> more than occasionally, but it lasts a split second because it's a human reaction to try and find blame, you know, in others to, to you know, save yourself. But then you can, you know, you rationalise and go, no, actually, I played a part in that. They didn't do that correctly because I didn't um, supply the directions. I didn't have a discussion. That's something I should have had a discussion around. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, um, yeah, it's really important to be, um, to be mindful of how you are in the relationship. Yeah. And so we're talking about the VA hiring mistakes and we're going to move on to the next one. It's expecting too much too soon from your virtual assistant. So business owners get excited and they come to me with a hundred things they want support around or, um, and then on, on the Monday morning when, when the virtual assistant starts or the Wednesday morning, if they want to be radical and start them then, um, they like, like vomit all these things they want the virtual assistant to do. It's like, no, 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 no. Start with one or two things, low risk, high volume things, and delegate those to your virtual assistant. And depending yeah. on the nature of those tasks, you might delegate the next two the next day or the next week or, or whatever um, works, but you just layer it on. So the first one or two tasks, the second one or two tasks, the third, and you just layer it on and make sure your virtual assistant's feeling comfortable and ready to get the new tasks. Yeah. So they need to have a few wins on the board and feel comfortable and feel like they're adding value. So um, people, you know, humans feel pretty insecure if, you know, you're given this huge task, especially when you don't have a current relationship with the person and it's a new role, um, and you're not getting wins on the board, you're not getting, you know, um, accolades or feedback that something's good. So you want them to feel secure, um, to feel like they're starting to get things. So that's where the the low-risk, high-volume really comes into play. So, for example, you know, you might say, can you, can you, can you start um, connecting me with certain people on LinkedIn? And it's quite repetitive or please send some introduction messages or whatever it is, but it just gives them that, you know, sense of security. They start to get to know you, the business, and then you can add on more tasks. Yeah, so it's the old tortoise and the hare story. You know, if you go slowly at the start, often means that you end up um, getting more effectiveness and more value from your virtual assistant. Yeah. And so the last mistake that I see um, is a little bit um, counterintuitive, really, given that we support people to get virtual assistants, but it's holding on too long to a virtual assistant that's not working out. And so just say that you have been working with the virtual assistant, you've been putting effort into the delegation and you've been well-meaning and you've built that relationship and for some reason that virtual assistant isn't working out. Maybe uh, the role's a bit different to what they expected. Maybe they're just not showing that commitment. You know, maybe something is going on for them or their situation has changed since they've um, engaged the role. And so what we do is if that's happening, we try and identify it early. 
And then we talk to the business owner, uh, or not, we talk to the virtual assistant about what's going on for them, and we also speak to the business owner. And you know what I find, Maureen, is that often the business owners want to hang on. They're like, no, I, I know their dog's name. I, I, you know, they're part of my team and I want to hold on. And so we've become quite expert at, at identifying when we don't think it's going to work out. And it's about cutting those losses early on, transitioning to a new virtual assistant so you can get that value within your business. Yeah. And it is hard because I'm, I'm one of those people, I don't like letting go. And, you know, because I like the person, but you can mm. like a person, but it not be the best for them or for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really good. If you, you know, if you if even in the first week or two and it's not going well and everyone's putting in a lot of effort to try and make it work if it's just not panning out then you call it and then we will do our utmost to get you a better fit because as yeah. Carmen says it could be something you know very different like um they've you know got a, another offer that they're considering or they're now distracted because their mother's really sick or, you know, whatever it is, and they might just not be in the right mind, have the right mindset at that given um, period of their life. Yeah, and so often people come to me uh, years into their virtual assistant relationship with other virtual assistants from other companies Um feeling not satisfied and they're like it's never really worked for years and it just kills me because I know that when virtual assistants work it's it's just like so fantastic and all our agreements are month to month there's no locking contracts because we know if you have a great experience you're going to stay and you, you're going to ask for more virtual assistants because, yeah. because it becomes addictive. Yeah and if it's not then we work with you to rectify it as soon as possible and that's what you should do um because nothing's perfect but when you do get it right it's magic yeah so there you have it the five common mistakes people make when hiring a virtual assistant and how to avoid them um thank you so much for sharing your insights maureen thanks carmen